Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners, back again. Thank you very much. If you are bored of me saying thank you, surely nobody would be bored of me saying thank you to them because it's a nice gesture. But uh, I do apologise. I'm going to keep doing it forever and a day because I'm a polite person. That's how my mother raised me. Today's podcast, I've got Kathy Akratopolo joining me in the hot seat as my co-chair, questioner, inquisitor. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm good. Thank you, Chris. Nice to be back. Have you ever been a co-inquisitor before? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no. My husband would disagree, I suspect. <laughs> I've been watching too much His Dark Materials lately, clearly. And so today's podcast, we are going to talk to Dave Page, who is the founder and chief strategy officer at Actual Experience, a job title I've always wanted, either that or Chief Happiness Officer. Those are the two things I've always thought I wouldn't mind being one of those. But Dave, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Oh, it's lovely to be here. And it's it's only took me about 13 years to get that title. So <laughs> worked long and hard for that. So I'm keeping hold of it for dear life. <laughs> I love it. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of things around flex working, hybrid working. I think there's an interesting discussion we've we talked just off air around that CIO, CHRO, CPO relationship. So I think we should touch on that. Before we do that, though, just for the purposes of our listeners, it might be worth just doing a bit of intro to yourself, actually, if that's all right. So just explain to our listeners a little bit about who you are, and then maybe a little bit about actual experience as well. That'd be great. Yeah, very happy to do that. So I'm one of the co-founders of actual experience. I led the company as CEO through its private days, starting 13 and a half odd years ago into the public markets for the last seven or eight years. And I've recently stepped aside as CEO, which I'm quite enjoying now. And, and I have that role that you fantasized about, which is that focus on three things. So I focus on developing strategic partnerships. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that together today. Strategy, of course, the longer term strategy of the company. As a founder, I think you have a great deal of care and understanding of how a business can unfold and develop in, in a market and communication, you know, communicating the value of the company outside of to stakeholders, to customers, to partners, to the press and so on. So that's really where my focus is. And the company itself, my co-founder is a guy called Professor Jonathan Pitts. He's at Queen Mary University of London, and it's his science which our company is based on. And really the point about the science is it allows us to understand what we call the human experience of the digital world. And that has just become so profoundly important these days, particularly for employees, particularly in a hybrid working environment where of course the employee experience really has become your experience of the digital world. So our ability to understand that in human terms and then link it to what's going on in the digital world, in the digital ecosystem, which is immensely complex in organizations, you know, often hundreds of thousands of different moving parts, applications and networks and broadband and Wi-Fi and everything that contributes to your digital experience. We're uniquely able to link the subjective human experience of employees to that behavior and get something done about it. That's what yeah. we do. 
Yeah, that's fascinating. Interesting, you were just saying about the hybrid, the flexible side of it, because certainly from what we see and people that we speak to, and probably listeners to this podcast as well, this podcast obviously designed for senior HR professionals, CHROs, CPOs. And last year, sorry, apologies to our listeners, a little bit of a plug here, but last year we did some research and it was on what is the strategic priority that chief people officers are facing in the next 12 to 24 months. We got a number of CPOs come back to us from a variety of business they're responsible as a collective for over half a million employees in total. And they came up with a number of different, what is our one big thing? What's our big strategic priority in the next 12 months? But we had three sort of key topics that resonated quite regularly. Talent being one, talent attraction, potential, employee value proposition being another. But interestingly, and I think this is where I'd like just to get your thoughts on it and then maybe bring Kathy in as well. Hybrid and flexible was something that a lot of them talked about and it was the post-pandemic how do we maintain this how do we deliver on this in the new world so to speak so if I could just get just some general thoughts from your perspective just to open us up as to what you're seeing how do organizations get better at embracing and institutionalizing kind of hybrid working it's interesting you should talk about that and I love the report that you guys did on this we triggered towards the back end of last year, we asked Comres to do some research as well. And one of the interesting points that came out of that is 51% of the people, these were all home workers, remote workers, hybrid workers. So there's over a thousand of them. 51% of them wanted to do more flexible, more homeworking than they were already doing. Only 8% wanted to do less. So I think one of the interesting things that sort of tallies with your research is there's a, a really, really compelling set of data there, which is pointing to the fact that people want more of hybrid and more flexibility, not less. And I think that's one of the reasons it rose to the top of your research as well. I think also, Dave, from my perspective, I guess where we're coming from and, and the, the fact that CPOs see hybrid working and, in, and the ability to integrate that into how they do business effectively as still being a top priority demonstrates that what we see in the press every day almost at the moment, this challenge with hybrid working and getting the balance right for an organisation and ensuring that actually people can be as productive as they would be in the workplace at home and the conflict that we see between maybe leadership view of are employees as productive at home versus employees' views of are they product as productive at home? We've got that paradox at the moment between leadership and employees. And Microsoft did a survey not long ago that showed the sort of 80-odd percent of employers, leaders, felt that people were less productive at home and similar number of employees felt they were more productive at home. And therein lies the challenge, right, of this ability to ensure that as an organisation, you're setting up people for success to be operating well and having a fantastic experience wherever they work. And I think that's why we were really excited about entering into a strategic partnership with you just before Christmas and taking that forward now, because that to me is the conundrum, right? How do we actually ensure that the experience of work is as engaging and positive as possible and therefore promoting both engagement levels and as a result, productivity in the workplace? whether that workplace be at home, in the office, in the manufacturing site or wherever you may be, right? And that's why the work that you do with organisations, I think, is so pivotal because actually what you're trying to do is get under the skin of that and really give hard data and information to organisations about what is the real experience in a digital setting and where should organisations target their attention to address any challenges or blockages that are affecting both the experience and productivity as a result. Yeah, I absolutely believe that data can be brought to this, which will actually take some of the anxiety out of 
the decision making that's going on, or probably more realistically at the moment, the absence of decision making that's going on in organisations. That dichotomy that you talk about, mm-hmm. Cathy, the 80% of managers are worrying about remote workers versus the sort of the data that we saw coming back from Comrades was that sort of 51% to 8% dichotomy about wanting more, not less. Mm-hmm of the stuff that the managers are worried about. Personally, I find that quite puzzling because back in the 90s, I was working for a company called Cisco Systems, which of course is a tech company, as most people would know. But today, what's called hybrid, that's how we worked back in the 90s. And most tech companies have worked that way and have been the most productive organizations on the planet with the highest market valuations and the most attractive for employees to go and work for. So to some extent, it just puzzles me that the managers themselves are so concerned about this because actually, the evidence has been there for over two decades, actually embracing this properly is an extremely good thing for organisations to do, both for the employees and the productivity of the organisation itself. Absolutely. And I think, interestingly, we're seeing various Silicon Valley organisations now insisting that people come back to the workplace, right, as well. So there's this balance of having swung one way and maybe coming back a little bit to some middle ground. But I think the point here is that ultimately that we are in a scenario now where from a CPO perspective or an organisational perspective, there is some challenge and some work to do to understand what is the real experience that people are having wherever they are working. Have we got the right tools, the right information, the right communication channels, the right ways of working in place to ensure that we can operate in this more hybrid environment successfully, that we can be more data-driven around what that experience is and how it's leading to success for the business. And therefore, we're targeting our attention when we look at how we manage our people and the tools we give them and the experience that they have in the right way. And what you're able to do with businesses is to give them that data and those insights to drive that, firstly, the assessment of where they are now and how they can take things forward, which I think is really powerful, right? Because that from our CPO perspective, our audience, I think being data driven is one of their goals to be more based on hard data and more direct direct link between what they do and the bottom line. And this can really help deliver on that. Yeah, and I think this is this this sort of comes back to where you and I were thinking about the partnership between our organisations and this sort of link between, it seems so obvious, doesn't it, in some ways, perhaps to you and I, it seems obvious to Cathy, or maybe to others, maybe slightly less obvious. But as you, as you rightly say, retention and productivity are absolutely at the top of the agenda, which is dominated really by the employee experience will drive retention and productivity. And the employee experience has become very much digital, very much technological. And actually, I think there's an opportunity there for the people leaders and technology leaders to form a new partnership because it's employee experience that subjective human thing that employee experience thing that has been subjective and human for so many years is now sat upon this digital technology world and they've collided and become one thing and that's new for CIOs as well the technology leaders because they've never been so closely or at least I guess the digital world has been three or four decades has been so closely coupled to retention and productivity and yet it's now right at the heart of that. So there's an opportunity for the CIOs to partner with the people leaders and deliver to those top level objectives or retention productivity. There's also an opportunity for the people leaders to really embrace the data that is quite naturally part of the technology digital world and really use it as you spot on what you just said to deliver to the top level objectives in a data driven way. I think that's partly the opportunity for the partnership, but it's clearly the opportunity for people leaders and technology leaders. And so can I just ask you a question then, Dave, maybe get Cathy's opinion on this as well, because obviously, Cathy, you speak to CPOs a lot too. Do you think that is happening much at the moment? CIOs and the CHRO CPOs are 
there are many examples of that happening out there at the moment with businesses? Or is this something where many businesses have a long way to go to be properly developing that kind of partnership together to transition into this world of hybrid from that digital to the experience side that you mentioned? Oh, that's a provocative question, isn't it? I like that one. Try. I do try. <laughs> I think... From our perspective, we tend to deal with very large organizations like yourselves, it tends to be sort of multinational corporations, enterprises, 5,000 employees, and many more up to tens or hundreds of thousands of employees. I suspect they tend to be the more thoughtful organizations just because they have more people to think more than perhaps a smaller organization. So in those organizations, we see a lot of programs which you might call, I'm going to use some language here, but it varies by company, but the future of work and whatever those programs are actually called. And they seem to be the vehicle for these organizations to start to bridge across the technology and people organizations and bring them together so that they can work together. So I think structurally, they seem to be heading in that direction, a lot of them. As to whether they've really started to join up and have that common language between the technology teams and the people teams. I think that's very much work in progress at the moment, but it's urgent that that is getting focused. I think it's getting focused in this year, 2023. Yeah, I'd echo that, Dave. I mean, I think our experience as an HR transformation consultancy is often that middle ground between the C CPO and the CIO, because quite often we're working with other clients to select and implement HR technology. And I guess certainly our observation or my observation would be that quite often CPOs and C CIOs may talk in quite different terms, quite different language, as you say, and come at things from different perspectives. Both of those perspectives are equally important and equally valid, but actually it's about having that meeting of mind in the middle, I guess, around actually we've got a common goal now that we can't solve either just through HR or just through IT. We have to solve it together. And it's of paramount importance for the success of the business. So there's a burning platform here, which is meaning that those two parties need to come together and acknowledge the the fact that they're jointly sort of need a symbiotic sort of relationship almost and that they have to work together to achieve the outcome and there's benefits for both of them in doing that ultimately with both the expectation from a lot of employees that hybrid working is here to stay and it's an expectation now it's a hygiene factor for me as an employee working somewhere I expect that to be part of my offering and I expect it to work well and I expect me to have I expect to have the tools I need to do my job wherever I'm doing it but also now with the drive that no doubt recession will bring around efficiency and a focus on productivity I think the talent attraction piece and a retention that comes with the desire for effective hybrid working and that commercial perspective that will come with recession focus. The two of those things drive forward to me a, a critical requirement for CIOs and CPOs to work together now on what is the experience we're offering our workforce and where are we now baselining, understanding what the current challenges are that our employees and line managers are having when they're working through digital experience and then working out where to put their attention and some of those solutions may need to be tech driven some of those solutions may need to be more people driven but you can't look at one in isolation of the other and therefore the need for those two parties to work together has never been more important in my view to address that challenge which is organizationally wide and organizationally critical yeah I'd, I'd echo that and i think from our perspective our goal as a company has always been to provide a common data set and common language mm -hmm. so that as a technologist if i'm talking to a people leader or vice versa we can actually look at the same data and understand it from our own perspective but it's it's a common language that enables those two to work together and that's fundamentally what actually experience is trying to achieve for the businesses that we work with 
Exactly. And so, for example, I know some of the data that you're able to, or the insights you're able to drive, are those pockets of individuals who are really having a tough time just doing their job because of the experience they're having through the tools they're using and the digital experience they're having. Now, if you've got pockets of individuals, but you're a really large business, that may be a significant number of people that if you can shift the dial for that group, they may be in critical roles, right? And if they're in critical roles, that may be pushing them to the point of such frustration that they could be at risk of leaving. If it's a critical role, it's likely to be a very competitive market for the talent to fill those roles. So it's really understanding where are those pockets and what can you do to really address those hotspots, I guess, to make that the experience for those individuals so much better and take away the frustration factors that they may be feeling, as well as understanding what you can do for everyone to make life easier and to make them feel more positive about the experience they're having at work and as a result, more engaged, more productive. I think from our perspective, perspective in LACE, we come at experience from a quite a broad perspective and understanding ultimately what are the experiences that you want to offer your workforce, your people in the whole life cycle of being in an organisation. A large chunk of that, as you say, an increasing chunk of that is the digital experience they're having. So by combining forces, I think we can give organisations a really strong view of exactly where those hotspots may be and how much of that is digital and how much of that may actually need HR's attention as well to address the way in which an individual is interacting with an organisation throughout their career. But I personally see it as really exciting as an opportunity to be far more data-driven on this front. Well, actually, just sort of picking up on some of the data points, just taking, if you like, a sort of broad averages of the data that we've seen across all sorts of different organisations, and then sort of playing it back to people objectives. So inequality <laughs> is something that I think most businesses will worry quite a, a lot about. There's a guy in the US who's a people leader in the US who said, Dave, what I really worried about is doubling down on inequality. We're sending people home, they're working digitally, but what if, Dave, poorer paid employees are also the people that have invested less in their home infrastructure and so on? Are we actually doubling down on inequality here? And that actually is the case that that inequality, there's a digital inequality that's sort of added on to any other inequalities that you might have in a business. And I think it is quite remarkable to see that sort of inequality exist. And just to give you a feel of the data, at the best end, if we think of time waste, inequality in terms of the time wasted and compare that between employees, globally, employees would experience about a less than a day of wasted time per year. At a human level, you can barely notice that. You just think you were in digital heaven in the workplace. But at the other end, it's 30 days of wasted time or more. And when you think of that in terms of inequality that exists, that those people at the other end will have to work for more than a month just to catch up with people who are at the better end of the spectrum. Now that not only homeworking, that some offices are really, really poor as well. So when we talk about digital, Cathy, you and I, we're actually talking about all of digital, not just homeworking, but office exactly. and hybrid. Wherever and someone's and working. Yeah. And that, I think the big challenge, as you're saying there, is getting that balance right, isn't it? Absolutely spot on. I think we're agreed, our two organisations, and I, I think this is echoed mostly by what we're seeing, the Comres data, your own research, your own experience, our own experience working with companies. It's not about everybody being in the office. It's not about everybody being 100% remote. It's this hybrid thing that sits in the middle that allows all that flexibility, that allows some of that office culture to sort of come into play that is so important. But even when you get that balance right, and you are ostensibly working in this sort of hybrid environment, even if you're in the office, you're working digitally because you'll have people remote at that point. And that's just the way of the future. So the onus to get the balance right at a cultural level is really important. But then really to pick up on the fact that the technology has absolutely got to be bulletproof. It's got to be a level playing field for every single employee everywhere, all the time. Otherwise, it's fundamentally undermining 
the employee experience, the employee value proposition for so many people in the organisation. It's an opportunity, I think, and I know you think as well, Cathy, it's actually an opportunity here for businesses to take a really significant step forward, competitively, perhaps. Absolutely. And I think that's the point as well around differentiation. So we come at the experience, employee experience, as the means by which you differentiate in a hot talent market, you know, where you're competing for critical talent. If you're able to offer an experience at work that is fundamentally different to your competitors, then ultimately that's going to stand you in good stead. And a big part of that will be the digital experience that someone is having, making life easy for someone to do their job and ensuring that they don't feel those frustrations. And actually they find that they can spend their time doing what they really want to be doing in their role rather than trying to solve challenges around the experience that they're having. So for me, it is about differentiation, which is critically important right now when we're still at pretty high employment in the UK and across Europe. And so it's actually that perspective of if you're still competing for talent, which we are, you know, organisations are still competing for talent, even going into recession, then you need to keep the focus on differentiation and having compelling experiences. And that coupled with the need to also look at efficiencies within organisations. I think, as I said at the beginning, to me, those two things combined now make this even more important for organisations to really understand how they can shift the dial on the experience that they're offering their workforce and really be able to have that laser focus on where they can make the most difference and at what pace, how quickly can you make a difference for people. I think some of the findings that you're able to give organisations enable them to both zone in on what are those hotspots, but also have some really quick wins, right, to make a difference to people in a rapid way that will shift the dial quickly. Well, I, I think that I think you've, you've neatly segued to the, sort of the problem that brings our two businesses together, Cathy, there, um, in, in a very, very clever way. I think the, you know, what, what really brings us together is the fact that, it, you know, as you rightly say, you know, employee experience, productivity, they're flip sides of the same coin. It's absolutely fundamental today to get the employee experience right for economic reasons as well as retention reasons. So the question then becomes, well, how do you how do you see your employee experience? How do you measure it? How do you how do you get a grip on it? And I guess even in the days where everybody was in the office, you know, you, I guess you could do pulse surveys. You could you could get a feel for which offices were good or bad, even though maybe only 30, 40 percent of the employees would respond. You, you still have a feel for whether it was a good office and perhaps what was wrong in the office. And perhaps you could do something about it and perhaps you could improve the employee experience. But today, you know, in the hybrid workplace, the employee experience is effectively unique. You know, it comes down to what's your home like? What's your technology like? What's your setup like? How often you go backwards and forwards to the office? Well, that's unique for you. It's unique for me. It's unique for for you, Chris. It's unique for everybody. So surveys are, you know, fundamentally broken because you'd need a response rate of 100% to understand those unique employee experiences and more importantly, detect the people that were really struggling and, and why. So, so the, the old methodologies don't work there for understanding employee experience. And actually, even as the CIOs and the CHROs or people leaders come together, the technology side of the business has never had to tackle this problem before because their tools, brilliant engineering tools on the technology side of the business, they've they're completely blind to, if you like, the subjective human experience that governs the retention and productivity of employees. They can't see it. They were never designed to see it. So actually, they, 
there's a sort of flying blind. I mean, we think about it. I know you and I have talked about it with the sort of idea that businesses are recognizing the problem we're talking about, but realizing now they're they they're flying blind. They haven't got the data to act on the people side or the technology side to really answer this problem. And and that's why actually that's why I'm so excited to be working together with with you guys is because because between the two of us we can see a route through this for organizations. And it's it doesn't either it's not a boiling of the ocean either it's actually a data set that can be produced and established and used fairly straightforwardly and then between your capabilities and ours we can help navigate an organization through as you say there's an urgency to this mm-hmm. you know it's competitive differentiation organizations some of them are moving very quickly now to tackle this problem and if you can get to the bottom of it quick then that could probably establish a sustainable competitive advantage. But I think it's the ability of our two organizations to provide the data and help the organizations navigate quickly, which is what gets me so excited about uh, working together. Yeah, and I, and I think for our for our CPO listeners and our HR leaders who are on the, who are who are listening to this, I guess the challenge question to them is: How effectively do you think you work with your CIO around the leadership table, and how easily do you think you could work together if you had this sort of shared purpose in mind or shared sort of exam question to answer, recognizing that that it's not something you can solve on your own. And I guess if you had the data set, how could you then take that forward jointly to really understand how you can make a big step change difference in the experience you're offering your your employees? And I'd be intrigued to get feedback from, from the listeners as to where they think they stand on that, whether they think that actually would be a very straightforward conversation and they feel that they could work together extremely well and, and affect that change, or actually whether it would be quite a novel conversation maybe that 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 is something where they're not used to working together in partnership, but recognize the fact that actually that's going to be so important to, to take this forward. Yeah, definitely. That's that key word, isn't it? Partnership, where not there's not one dominant party over the other. The CIO, you know, I hold this budget, so I'm going to control this, you know, X, Y, Z, or whatever it is. We are just coming towards the end of our podcast. I suspect that if I just left the mic recording, you two could probably talk for the next hour on this topic. But unfortunately, as is the nature and the design of these podcasts, we tend to keep them to 30 minutes. So just as we wrap up, just wanted to get a final piece from you, Dave, any final thoughts or anything that you wanted to share with our listeners that you thought, actually, this is something that I'd just like to leave them with just before we, we clock off for this particular podcast? It was actually something that came up recently talking to a people leader. I, I won't mention who or what company because that would be unfair. But the, the remark that made to me was sort of circling back on culture rather than technology specifically, but but culture. And he was saying, well, is, isn't it interesting? He said, it strikes me that sort of the we were really lazy for the last few years, last few decades, I think he said, in terms of thinking that culture was something to do with being in an office. And he said, he said, yes, there are elements there, but that's really lazy thinking because you're just assuming that people are going to osmose culture and purpose if they happen to be in the office together. And he said, what's really interesting, he said, what's exciting as an opportunity is with this hybrid working and people being remote, it's forcing us to think again about what culture actually is and whether it is at all, in fact, linked to a location. And in fact, his his view, which I, I got quite excited about this, is that culture isn't linked, should never be linked to location. Culture is something much more intentional and much more focused around individuals and what they're doing. And I, I just love that idea that somewhat probably taken for granted by the tech companies back in the 
the 90s but but actually getting getting our heads around and as a founder of my business it's something that i was really concerned about it's like okay so i don't get a chance to you know excite people with the purpose of our company by bumping into them at the water cooler or having a coffee with them. So so how do we now do it? And I, I just love the way this guy was thinking about if we rule out for ourselves that culture is to do with location, it forces us to think properly about what culture and purpose actually really is. And I, 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 and I know, Cathy, you've got some wonderful ideas around this, but it's uh, I, I think that's one of the exciting opportunities for many companies right now is to get to grips with that idea as well. Yeah. And a big part of that will be the experience they have, right, in terms of, right. of how you reinforce that culture and, and generate the right behaviours. Ultimately, culture is, is behaviourally led through the experience that someone has in the workplace. I think certainly from my perspective, Chris, ultimately, it's that time of the year, right, when you see everyone's predictions of what 2023 will bring. and a lot of the data coming out of Gartner and everywhere else is saying that employee experience is up there, right, as as being the a, a key focus for what HR leaders want to double down on in in this year and and beyond. My challenge question, therefore, is what does that really mean in practice? Do you even know what the employee experience is that you're offering now? What from from the employee's perspective, you know, what do they really feel about the experience that you're offering? How do you measure that? How do you evaluate it? And how do you really narrow down what it is that what are the things you could do right now in the next three months versus six months versus 12 months to make a real difference to that experience to both improve attraction and retention, but also ultimately drive business value through productivity. And that that to me is where actual experience and they can really help but I think it's a really significant challenge that everyone is now recognizing yeah perfect and a great way to finish off today's podcast just giving people just something to think about as we end just have a think about that you know what are you doing from your experience point of view Kathy thank you very much as always for being fellow co what did I call you inquisitor I think inquisitor. I don't know where I, like I said I've been watching too many you know fantasy program over the Christmas period clearly but thanks very much for joining me pleasure and Dave, absolutely excellent to have you on the show. Thank you very much for being part of the action. I, I, well, I love every moment of being part of the action. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you very much. Of course, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, put some comments in there, say nice stuff. I mean, you can say horrible stuff, but we'd rather you say nice stuff. If you would like to get in contact with us, if you have an interesting topic for a podcast, please reach out to us. Obviously, HR related. We're not going to talk about mountaineering or random stuff like that. Keep it HR related, folks. That's it from me. That's it from Kathy. That's it from Dave. We hope you enjoyed the show and we will see you next time on the HR on the Effective Podcast. Bye-bye.